0: They're involved in ministry in Arkansas right now, just ministering to at the Father's House and the Ark, and it's just an honor today, step on up here, to present Jeremy and Golda Hastings to you. Welcome them, would you?
1: Good morning. I want to say thank you guys once again for having us here. Um, Golda and I uh, love this church. We absolutely love the pastors and love you guys. Uh, we know, but some of you more than others, and others less than others. But anyways, we love you guys. Um, when I, we was here last, I so was talking about being. Uh, uh, you guys are like our our spiritual home. Um, we we are we are connected with other people, but we feel like this is our home, right? So when we come back here, it's it's awesome to us. So we. we we get, like, goosebumps when she told me she was preaching. I didn't even know. And uh, she told me, she's like, hey, we're going back. And, and you kind of was like, oh, really? I was all excited and giddy like a little girl, you know? <laughs> so it's wonderful to be here. We, we love you guys. Uh, again, we feel like this is our home church. Um, we get the uh, prayer request that comes through and on our phones. Guys, we pray for you guys, I mean, on a constant basis. Um, I'm not going to talk very long because it's all about uh, the Lord, but then we're going Gold is going to preach. But I want to share something with you guys real quick. Um, what's happened in the last month, okay? Or maybe two months. But I, I want to share something what the Lord has done, right? Because we always want something. That, is God moving these days? I mean, you see all this bad and negative stuff that's going on. But is God really moving in these days? Where's he at? What's he doing? Where, where do, you, do you want him? Do you seek after him? Do you, do you want to know what the Lord's doing? Well, open your eyes a little bit, and you'll see what the Lord's doing. Let me show you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. First of all, uh, Jen sent out this thing. Thank you, Jen, for being so gracious about doing everything. But her and John are just workers, and we love them, and they do such a great job. But Jen sent out this thing on... Uh, strollers, and baby car seats. So <laughs> I'm I'm all about the youth from teenager up. The younger ones, you can have them. Wipe their nose and clean up. I don't do that stuff. And teenagers, I can handle them. We can throw paintballs and stuff like that. But the younger, eh, eh, that's not nose and the sticky fingers. I just don't do. But anyway, she was talking about those strollers. And Golda, I didn't even see it. Golda saw it. And we was in our trailer and when it came across and we we without without even talking, the Lord said help. I'm like, Lord, we're we're in a season where sometimes we you know we're like, okay, this is gonna be a little tight this time. You know what I mean? And it's hard for us because we came from a season where it was really plentiful. And it's funny we're talking about that in our Bible study about seven years of good and seven years of bad, and anyway, so uh, it came across, and we both felt led to do something. We both, I mean, we just like, okay, Lord, what do we do? Without without an audible voice hitting the trailer, we knew what we was going to do. We was going to donate two, right? And she, she was like, looked at me, she said, two. I said, two. She jumped on the Internet, bought two, right? And we prayed over them. We said, Lord, whoever, whoever gets these, whatever they got to do, let it be blessed, right? Let them be blessed. Let them find you through this stroller and this car seat, right? Guys, That's that acts like nothing, right? And you can look at it as nothing, but you can look at it as a ministry, right? Because somebody's going to get that that's in need, right? Somebody's going to get that that's looking for a need, right? And they're looking for the Lord. So <laughs> funny story is the day later, we get an email from these people we bought it from. They said, sorry, your order has been canceled, right? And we had prayed. We said, Lord, let this be a multiple seed. Let, let, our, let the donation that you gave us to give to this, let it be a seed and let it multiply, right? And we prayed that in the trailer and we, we prayed over it. <clears throat> and uh, so they, they canceled our order. And we're like, what? And they're like, address not found. And we're like, we've had, actually, we accidentally have stuff shipped to Jen and John's all the time. By accident, I do it all the time. And I'm like, how how can their address be wrong? And it says, on the shipper's address wrong. I'm like, if you can't get your shipper address right. Uh, so I told her, I said, don't order from them knuckleheads again. Because I'm like, so we, we're like, get our money back now, you know, because we want our money back. So we got our money back. We bought some cheaper. Cheaper. Better deal. Better deal. We got to, we sent it, we prayed over them. We was happy. Jen calls us like 2 days later. She says, "Hey, I don't even think did you tell Jen? I don't think she even told her we're they're coming." So, anyways, <laughs> it just showed up. Jen's like, "Oh. Oh, there you go." Yeah, so we're like, we're odd that two just showed up. So they show up. Anyways, I'm trying to make a long story short. But anyways, they showed up, too. She's like, hey, I got them. We're like, there's no way they shipped them that fast. I mean, there's just absolutely no way. I mean, we ordered them the next day she get them. And we're like, okay. Jen sends a picture of them. We're like, oh, that was the first ones we ordered. Now we're getting nervous, right? Because, you know, we're like, okay, Lord, we was believing for the money to pay for the first ones. <laughs> we're going to really step out for the second ones, right? So now we're going to buy four. So these people screwed up the order, and they gave us two extra. We wound up with four. Now, you can look at that and say, well, that screwed up, that's, you know, yes and that. But I look at it as, that was a blessing of the Lord. The Lord blessed us. He blessed that seed. He doubled the faith that John and Jen have for the people of this, this community, right? God blessed that and they honored that through us. We got to be a, 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 just an avenue. So, I just want to say thank you. And that was that was a great great event. Let me tell you something a little personal. And this will be the last little story I want to tell before Goldie gets going. I'm going to tell you something a little personal. A couple months ago, I had I've been healed about three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve years, whatever it is. I had cancer really bad, and they said I was going to die. I had less than. Less than six months, or I can't even remember what he told me exactly. He said, you're going to die, and you, you're, it's, this is just going to happen. Sorry, um, is there somebody we can get you? He's going want to give me this counseling. I was there by myself, and I was like, when the doctor tells you that you're going to die, and you're there by yourself, it's a little strange, right? And you, you don't know how to feel. I, I didn't. I was sitting there, I was like, okay. I was eating a chicken nugget <clears throat> a day, one chicken nugget a day is all I could eat. Without getting sick and throwing up, and I was gaining weight so fast that we couldn't keep clothes on me. I, I had to literally keep buying clothes. I was gaining weight, like, I mean, I, I mean, ask my wife. I was, I went from, anyways, I gained like seventy five pounds in less than a month. I mean, it was just, I was blowing up. People were like, "What are you eating?" You know, I all you eating is ice cream, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, I can't even eat ice cream. It's killing me." So. I was eating a chicken nugget a day, starving to death and gaining weight. And the doctor's like, you got cancer in your liver. It's killed your your liver. Your liver's no good. You're going to die. I mean, there's nothing we can do for you. Um, We can give you all the surgery, but the cancer's so bad that there's really nothing we can do. We can try to find a specialist that can look at this for a second opinion. So it started sending me to doing all these tests. It was every day. I was having to go get blood work every day and I really hadn't had a chance to talk to Gold about it because we both were really busy at the time and I was trying to run a, a business here in town and it was just crazy and uh, anyways, God healed me of that I, I came in, a guy prophesied over me it wasn't instant, I didn't get instantly healed it was, took three months to, for my physician of the thing to be healed it took less than a day for the doctor to see the difference less than a day I went on a Friday night. I got prayed for. On Monday morning, I came to the doctor. Tuesday, he called me in the office screaming at me. I thought I was dead right then. I was like, Lord, where's my faith, you know? And uh, I go to the doctor's office on Tuesday. I was feeling pretty good. And I went to the doctor's office, and the doctor said, Help this piece of paper. He's like, What are you doing? And he's screaming at me. And I'm like, uh, Okay, I, uh, nothing. And he, he's like, I said, I'm doing the same thing I was doing before. And he said, "Uh, no, you're not. What are you doing? And he was mad, I mean, angry. And I said, well, i tell you what. I went to church and got prayed for. And God spoke to a man of God that I was going to be healed. And he said, I don't believe in that. You leave that stuff outside of my office. But I need to know what you're doing. And I said, I'm standing on faith in his office that I am healed. And I can show you. Well, I can't show you because it's in his office. but." I can show you the difference. My liver went from an, what they call an alcoholic or a drunk liver like somebody's been in alcohol for years. It was so black and it was so discolored that they, they had to, had to get rid of it, right? And they're like, there's no way. You're going to die. It went from that to a 20-year-old liver. Oh, and it was God. It was God healed me. So I, I bring you up to this point hadn't had no more symptoms in years and you guys know when I was around here I could eat just about anything and, and feel pretty good uh, two months ago I had an attack I was out on the job site been having a little bit of stomach pain I thought I pulled muscle because I've been doing some physical work pulled muscle I thought I was out on the job site and passed out at work and uh, pain was just and I could take some pain but this pain had never had this kind of pain in my life it was so bad uh, and I was I was clear down to Louisiana, and uh, I was I was down in Louisiana, and I had to finish this job so I could get out of there. So we we got done, we went back. I went to the doctor, and the only one because where we live, everything shuts down at five o'clock. So I went to this walk-in clinic, and I'm like, hey, I may be in the wrong place, but um, you're gonna have to do something. I'm in I'm in horrible pain, um, and the guy's like, you got diverticulitis. And I've, I was diagnosed with that when, that, when this whole went on through, and I said, "No, I rebuked that. That's the devil coming back on me again." <laughs> and uh, sure enough, you know, uh, they started giving me prescriptions and did all that. Um, I had to, My faith was tested. You know, you ever been there? You know, the Lord healed you, but the devil comes back around and he says, "Let me ask you, are you still believing? Are you still believing in faith? Are you still trusting in me?" And it, it was, I, man, I'm like, I'm standing on the word. I'm standing on my healing, right? Because God's got a calling, right, on our lives. He wouldn't, he wouldn't have healed me if he didn't. He would just let me die and go on home, right? He's got a calling on my life for his glory, right? So I been, was praying. Pastor was helping pray, too. We don't, we don't tell much to most people, but I was praying. Three weeks, I suffered through this, and I got healed again. Completely healing. They, so what was spoke over me Sunday morning, I was having such a hard time. And I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I know I'm trusting in you, but I don't want to go out sick. I don't want to die sick. I want to die sleeping in bed thinking of you, you know, or, or something. But I don't want to die sick. And a pastor came over and he, he just, it was sitting in the chair at, work, at church. And he came up to me and he said, God told me to tell you, keep standing. But he said, "I see them getting you prepped for surgery, and when they go to do the surgery, everything's going to come back fine. So a couple weeks go by, another week goes by. I'm in so much pain i go I drive myself to the Indian hospital in Ada, Oklahoma, and because they can't get me in for some reason Arkansas can't get you in. I go to Ada Oklahoma and I'm like'm I'm, I'm here, I'm believing in the Lord trying to have a good attitude and I get there, they by myself. They shaved my arms. The lady said, we're going to go in and do surgery. She said, uh, your, your intestines, are, it was all up through here, it was all swollen. She said, you, you've got a break in your intestines, and you're going, we're going to have to go in and do surgery. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I believe what the Lord told that pastor was true. They're going to prep you for surgery, and then it's going to be, it's going to, God's going to heal you. I'm sitting there in that waiting room, and, and I go in. And I'm sitting there and uh, just praying and believing. I'm like, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting to be here for you. And on the way there, I was so sick. It took it was a four-hour drive, and it took me six to get there because I, I kept having to pull over, kept having to pull over, kept having to pull over. And I was there, and they did all the CAT scans, and everything came back perfectly fine. She said, I've never seen this before in my life. You have every signs of symptoms of it leaking. Everything's bad. She said, they were prepping me for surgery. I still have hair missing on my arm where they shaved me for surgery. But that's how God works. His faith. I got to minister to the doctor when I was there. She spent more time talking about the Lord and salvation than she ever talked to me about what I was feeling, how I was doing. As soon as she came in, she saw my stomach. She said, yeah, we're going in surgery. Started rattling off this stuff. They were prepping me. They was doing this. When it was all done, she's like, I don't believe this. I've never seen anybody have the symptoms like this. And this be good. And I said, well, it's God. And when I started talking about God, she was hungry and thirsting after the righteousness. Sometimes we have to go through things, right, to get other people to see what we're going through, to get us through, to get, let that be a ministry, right? So sometimes we have to go through some stuff. Sometimes we have to stand out on faith for God to use us, right? And if we keep our eyes off of the problem and our eyes on the solution, then we that's where we're going, right? So, guys, I'm trying I'm trying to set you guys up for something. Golda is uh, I want to tell you on her. Golda was having knee issues, and she was having this one knee, and it was swollen, and and uh, she was believing the Lord we stand and believe in she got prayed for a couple weeks ago and instantly god healed her knee no swelling everything went away so my question to you today is what are you asking the lord for what are you asking the lord to do in your life right because that's all it that matters right what's the lord doing in your life so that you can touch others where's your faith at is your faith in, well, I'm going to just come in and punch a time clock and go home? Or am I coming here today to get something from the Lord so that I can give it to somebody else? Who are you taking with you to heaven? What are you doing for his kingdom today? Think about, think about that when you're, when you're hearing the word is listening and being open to receiving the word and listening with your ears and your mind to receiving the word. And what Golda's got to say that the Lord has given, given her, because I have no idea what she's preaching on today. Thank you, guys. Oh, sorry, one more thing. One more thing. Can we all stand up for a second? Can we all stand? Stand up. And for just a second, I'm sorry. I forgot I was going to do this. I want us to give a big round of applause for our pastors of this church. Thank you, guys. Okay, last... We got to make it. We practiced on that one. We got one more to do. We got to give praise and honor to our Heavenly Father for all the things He's done. Thank you, Father.
2: I thought He was going to start preaching my message. (laughs) So I want to share a little bit about um, the calling that God has on my life. I'm telling you guys right now. I would have never dreamed, I would have never dreamed that God would have called me into missions and to the work of missions. And even this morning, like he said, setting in this, setting in the house of restoration, setting where God finally opened up the door. And it wasn't really God finally opened up the door. There was doors that had been opened before, but I just couldn't see them because I was so blinded because I was walking around and Talking about me, talking about I talking about you know the pride, you know, swallow my pride, it's all about me, you know, for so many years, my Christian life and my Christian walk was, God, what are you going to do for me today? God, what are you gonna do for me today and um the seat right behind Sister Sharon, I remember so clearly in January two thousand and nineteen pastor got up here, he was doing announcements, and he said um we're we're building a church in India, and so Um, brother Alex is wanting to know if anybody would be led to go with, with them so that the church could be dedicated and him and Bev had previously went, but they were at a place in their ministry that they weren't going to be able to go. And I remember so clearly the Lord saying, it's time for you to go. And I was like, no, Lord, no. February, 2019, same spot. I was healing from brokenness. I, I, was, I was broken at that place. I had a lot of hurt and a lot of damage in my heart. And the Lord gently nudged me again, and the pastor had gotten up to tell us about being, building a church in India, and I told the Lord no again. And, you know, sometimes you tell the Lord no enough times, he'll just, casually just you know, okay, well, we'll just move on to the next person. I'm so thankful for a loving Savior because March 2019, I'm sitting there again. But this time, healing has taken place in my life, a lot of healing. And the Lord said, you're to go to that church and minister to those people in India. And I said, Lord, I'll go in one condition. Not a dime will come from my pocket. He didn't say yes or no. I just, with my mouth, I confessed. I'll go, but not a dime will come from my pocket. So it began, and not a dime came from my pocket. And I went over with an abundance, an abundance to bless the pastors. And so we met some friends here in February of 2021. We had went out to an Elijah-Elisha impartation, um, also through Powerhouse Ministries, We had been wanting to go for many years, but we had never, we weren't in jobs that we could just up and go and do that. Financially couldn't just up and go and do that. And the Lord opened up the door in February, 2021. And we met this couple who were pastors at Faith Chapel in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And we just connected really, really well. And I'll remember, I'll never forget this. We got talking about mission trips and she had been to Uganda, like, 20-some-odd times, 20, I don't remember how many times her and her sister have been to Uganda, and uh, I told her about my trip to India, and she's like, oh, that's so awesome, and she looked at me, like, guys, we just met, we just met, she said, I believe that the next time I go to Africa, you're going to be going with me, she goes, you're going to come with me. Fast forward, here we are, Pastor Brother Bob Newton, who is with Powerhouse Ministries, Opened up the door in January. We were just starting to come off the road, weren't sure what we were doing. And um, he said, I don't have all the dates and time, but we're going to Africa this year, and I, I want you to come. So Fast forward, get to camp meeting. You know, I said yes when the door opened. Fast forward, get to camp meeting last week, and the Lord reminded me what Sister Carol told me. And I was standing in the church house at Faith Chapel, and she's back there running the sound. And I walked up to her and I said, I want to remind you that God's word always comes to fruition. Always comes when you speak it. I said, do you remember what you told me when we were in Quincy, Illinois in 2021? And she's like, no. I said, you told me the next time you went to Africa that I would be going with you. And I said, we're going to Africa. And there's 15 of us in all that are going to Africa in just a few short weeks. And um, the, the title, the theme is transformation. The people in Africa are believing for transformation, God to transform not just their churches, but their people and their communities. Kenya, for the most part, is a Christian nation, but you still have the witchcraft, and you have the witch doctors, and you still have the Muslims that influence from outside. And the one thing that one of the pastors, um, we have our meetings, our Zoom meetings once a month, and yesterday we learned that The pastor who's hosting this, he told Brother James Miller, he said, All I keep hearing when I pray is God ordained. God ordained. God has ordained the ones who are coming to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ into Africa for those who are not saved. And I believe that transformation that they've been praying and believing for is going to happen. And they said in all the years that they've done revivals and outreaches, you've had anywhere from four to five pastors and their congregations involved. There are over 22 pastors who are coming with their people underneath the tent. And I'm excited because God's got great things, and I'm excited. And I believe that if, if you can sow your prayers, I covet your prayers more than your finances, because I serve a big God. I watch God provide for me in India. I'm going to watch him continue to provide as we get closer to the weeks ahead. But I covet your prayers. And I ask, if God lays it on your heart, onto your heart to fast, please fast and pray. Because it's going to take fasting and prayer for the deliverance to come. So that's my little short spiel on Africa this morning. I'm excited. I'm so excited Um, I dream about it I don't know if that's really Africa that I'm dreaming about But I can tell you when I get there I'll know that it's where I was at Because I had the same thing happen when I went to India So To tie into what Jeremy was saying I'm telling you, I thought he was going to preach my message title of this morning's message is Strength during hard times And our foundational scripture is going to be in Psalms 46 And so I just want to pray real quick, and we can get in the word. Father, I come to you this morning, Father, I'm just asking, Lord, once again, that you just pour yourself into me, Father, so that you can flow out of me, Father. Lord, not anything of myself. Lord, let nothing come from me that's of me, but Lord, let it all come from you. Be my words, be my mouthpiece this morning, Father, as I bring forth the message. Lord, I believe it's a timely word, Father God, not just for this house, but, Lord, a timely message for the church and the saints of God. And I thank you and I praise you for all that you're going to do in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we're going to start in Psalms 46, verses 1 through 3. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. And I love psalms because you always have these interludes. This, this, is, this is actually a song. That's being sung. I thought this was pretty amazing in Soprano Voices. This is, I'm like, did David sing as a soprano? <laughs> you know, when you see stuff like this, was he singing in the soprano? But it says soprano voices, they're singing this to the Lord. God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in time of trouble. Amen. Let let the oceans roar and foam, let the mountains tremble as the water surge. Don't fear. When the earthquakes come or the mountains crumble into the sea, we see that happening on the earth right now. Do we not see that? Every time I turn around, I see a news report, California is falling into the ocean. That's because they built their houses on the edge of the mountain that's falling into the ocean. But he says not to fear. But he is our refuge and strength. Point one this morning, I have five points in my message. My first point this morning is strength in any circumstance. It does not matter what circumstance that you're facing. God should be your strength. Now, when I say should be, because even though we're Christians, sometimes we walk over here and God should be our strength. But really, we're, tr- we're still trying to do this in our own self. And we are wearing ourselves out. Christians across this world right now are wearing themselves out because they're trying to do it in their own self. When God gives us scripture that says, He is our refuge and strength. Always ready. He's always ready to help us. But he is not going to help somebody who is not willing to set aside their pride and say, Lord, I need your help. He is not merely a temporary retreat. He is our eternal place of safety and can provide strength in any circumstance. I, I've, lived a Christ, I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior at a very young age. I've seen some troubled times. I've seen some hard times. And you know, in all those circumstances, as I look back over my life, I can tell you when I was trusting in myself, and I can tell you when I was trusting in my Savior. Isaiah 41.10. I've learned to go back to my trusty Bible. I've been watching some videos that are quite funny whenever I watch my friends preach, and it's like we love our technology, but sometimes it doesn't always want to work for us. But it says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We serve a victorious God. Even more so since Jesus Christ went to the cross on Calvary and shed his precious blood so that we could walk in victory. We don't fight for victory any longer, we are fighting from victory. That is a message I heard many, many years ago, and it set me free. Every time I get a chance to tell somebody who's going through something, you're fighting from victory if you've got Jesus on your backside and your back support moving you forward. We serve a victorious God. And I think it's amazing. He uses victorious right hand. So over here, you've got the Heavenly Father with a victorious right hand. I'm wondering what's over here in his left hand. He can fight all the battles that you need in your life with one hand. Victorious right hand. I want to tell you a, a few quick stories. It's funny, he used one of the stories I was going to tell. And it's about where he went through the cancer. It was Mother's Day 2015. I'll never 2016, I'll never forget the day. My parents had surprised me, literally scared me. I don't get scared very often. My parents had come in for a surprise visit from Oklahoma. We were living in Texas. And we had went out, and he was not feeling very good, but we went out on Saturday and did some things. And then Sunday morning, if you all know my husband, he doesn't leave church. He doesn't leave church. It don't matter how sick. I've seen him sick before. He won't leave church. And we were sitting in service on Mother's Day in 2016, and he just looked at me and he said, call me when you get done I have gotta, gotta go home I'm, I gotta go home and it was just pale white I remember it so clearly and I don't normally get scared I'm usually pretty strong when it comes to believing in faith and healing after God healed me to have a baby and I remember many many nights I just lay my hand on my husband and I would just quietly pray because I didn't know where his faith was and I didn't want to rock the boat but I wanted him to know that I was praying, and I was believing. I didn't want him to know I was scared. I was praying, and I was believing. And I watched God's strong, victorious right hand raise a dead man to life. That's the God we serve. That's the strength he has. And when we try to do it in ourselves, we will fail Every single time. You want to know another time of strength for me? It's been real recent. Many of you in this church know the story. But it takes a lot of strength to drop your baby off at a drug rehab program in the middle of nowhere, six hours away from home, and believe that God is going to have his way. It wasn't my strength because I bawled. I don't know how we drove from the Father's house building out onto I 30. I still don't know, I still can't tell you to this day how we made it there. Tears streaming down our face because we knew there was a promise inside of the young man because God gave us his name. God told us he was called to the nations. God told us he was going to be used for his kingdom and for his purpose. And when God gave us Jacob, Isaac, I give him back to the Lord. I said, Lord, he's yours. That was a strong step of faith. And the same day we dropped my son off, my father's in a hospital in Oklahoma, having biopsy surgery, because they don't know how his arm broke in half, because it shouldn't have broken half. And I didn't have the heart to call my parents, because I didn't want to break my dad's heart while he's in surgery, or while he's getting ready to go to surgery, to tell him that his grandson's on his way to drug rehab. After coming home from a powerful, outpouring, impartation weekend, we get to come home to this. And we get to watch our son struggle and go through what was supposed to be a six-month program, became a ten-month program for our son. I buried my father in May. I watched my son not be there and get to say his goodbyes. And right now, In the midst of all that God is doing, I'm watching my grandmother slowly make her way to heaven. It's just a matter of time. God has to be your strength or you will fall apart. Every circumstance you go through, you have to cry out to God. You have to ask him for help. Point two brings us you have to find your strength in him. You have to find your strength in Him. It can be so easy to give into worry, fear, and despair. But with Him, we can find strength and look forward to wonderful things because it's Him that gives us hope. You can worry, you can fear, but I'm telling you, it's not going to get you anywhere. Do you know what worry and fear do? to your physical and mental body, it tears things down. I know. One of the things that we did when we came off the highway, doing hot shots in January, I told the Lord I was re-diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis in April of 20. I hadn't had it, a symptom, a sign. I hadn't been on any medication in over nine years because God healed me. The first time but it rose its ugly little head up but I wasn't really kind of in a place my faith was kind of in a wavering place things I was kind of coming down off the mountain you know I've been been to India in October 2019 God's doing the miraculous things in our life and here comes April 2020 out of nowhere pain just in my body and I didn't act in faith I acted in fear I ended up at the doctor I'm not saying that doctors aren't there for a purpose and a reason but I already knew that God healed me. And when we come off the road, I looked at my husband and I said, no matter what, I'm, I'm believing that the Lord is going to take me off all my prescription medicine that I'm currently on. It not a whole lot, but God was bringing me back into a place of believing and standing on the word of God. And when I took my job, it was the craziest thing Most, nine times out of ten, whenever they offer you the benefit package, you want, like, the best deal, you know. And I said, Lord, I want the premium with no cost, which means I don't have the insurance that I normally have. Because, Lord, I don't want to ever walk back into that temptation of not believing you for my healing. And I'm telling you, I'm watching God. God's showing me things about my diet. He's talking to me about natural things that are in this earth that, are not prescription that will take care of the things inside of my body that were wrong. And I'm watching God naturally unfold his beauty inside my body. And in Joshua chapter one, verses six through nine. There it is. Says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Now, he's talking to the Israelites here. So they got the book of the law in front of them. And he's telling them, be careful to obey all those instructions. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Can I tell you, wavering in your faith? You will not be successful in everything you do. If you're if you're wavering in your faith this morning, I'd love to pray for you to that you would just stop wavering and walk in the faith. It says, "Study this book of instruction continually." That's all they had. They didn't have the Old Testament like we have today. They didn't have the New Testament; it hadn't been written. They had the Book of the Law, and he said. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. I'm telling you that's the truth for today. Study to show yourself approved. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's with you. Now, the enemy, he comes in and he's going to convince you that you're all alone. You're fighting this battle all alone. Been there. Almost convinced to the point that I drove my car into a side cement wall. I was on my way and the Lord intervened. I was convinced. I allowed the enemy to convince me that I was all alone, I was in this battle by myself that nobody else in this world could understand what I was going through. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And if you believe that lie, if that's something that you're dealing with today, I want to pray for you. Because I believe that God wants to deliver you and set you free from the lies that you've been convinced by the enemy. My third point is God-given spirit of strength and power. God-given, not man-given. You cannot get this strength from the world. You cannot get this strength from your job. You cannot even get this strength from the financial ability that God has blessed you with. It has to be God-given. It has to be a God-given, and it's a spirit of strength and power. It's a spirit. That's what we battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The Bible tells us we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But the spirit world, that's what we wrestle with. So it's a spirit of strength and power. And it's your God-given right to walk in. You have to choose to walk in it. It's not easy. It's not easy when bad times come. It's not easy when hard decisions have to be made. But the more you lean on God, the more you trust in God, the more you put your faith in our Heavenly Father, the stronger your spirit man becomes. And that's the weapon you fight with, not these. Amen? Through faith in Christ, we are given a spirit of power, love, and discipline. And for that reason, we have nothing to fear. We can hold on to his promises and be confident that he will see us through even the darkest of days. I thought that was amazing when I saw that note when I was studying in 2nd Timothy Paul we ain't got nothing on Paul We're Shipwrecked, left in prison for dead and eventually died for, for the cause of Christ the man who was killing Christians in the name of the Lord and in one day and in one moment become blind and the Lord spoke And that man wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the very word that 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 we read today. So when I think sometimes that I've got it hard, I am not sitting in a prison jail. I am not in shackles. I am not without food. Amen? I am a child of God. Are those days coming that we may face prison? Possibly. I'm okay with that. Because I look at it as if God gives strength to Paul, he can give the same strength to me. Paul used it as an opportunity to preach the gospel and encourage the churches. That strength can only come from a spirit of strength and power from our Heavenly Father. And in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7, This is why I'm reminded you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self-discipline. Other versions say sound mind. Do You know what a sound mind means? Self-discipline and sound mind go together because in order to have self-discipline, You have to have a sound mind. You have to know how to make decisions, right or wrong. Amen? You make a decision whether you don't make a decision. He give us power, love, and a sound mind and self-discipline. You can do this. You have to want to do this. You have to choose to do this. This is a daily choice to get up and say, God is my savior. He's my refuge. He's my strength. No matter what I feel in my body, no matter what I see with my eyes, no matter what I hear with my ears, God, you're my refuge and strength and my present help in time of need. Amen? Amen, absolutely. You have to believe this. I'm telling you, the world we live in right now, It's a dangerous place not to have your faith in God. It's dangerous. Your life is in danger of hell, an eternal separation from a heavenly father who loves you and created you and called you for his purpose. When you use the gifts God has given you, you will find that he will also give you the power you need to accomplish the task he's given you. I still... Stand amazed when I look at what Jeremy and I used to do on top of ministry. Managing people. I was an HR manager. He was a manager for a large garbage company. You guys know the story. We didn't know if we were coming or going sometimes. Busy, busy people. But what we learned when God set us aside and pulled us back, There were times that we thought we were doing ministry And it looked like ministry But we were wearing ourselves out Because We couldn't even minister to each other You guys notice he got up on the stage with me That's how we minister at the father's house God has tied Us together With a cord that cannot be broken So it's important that I pray for him And it's important that he prays for me And it's important that I allow God to speak to him just as God speaks to me. I sometimes feel like I'm in a mouthpiece, but man, I'm telling you, that man can preach. God gives him the coolest sermons. And I'm like, God, why can't, why can't that be me? I loved his sermon this last Wednesday. He, he brings in an analogy with bags of salt. And he went in, and he's like, I need sandwich bags. So he gets the sandwich bags and he pours salt into them. And I, I was like, okay. Well, I told him, I said, you're doing, you're doing Wednesday night because I got to study for Sunday. So Wednesday night, I, we didn't tag team Wednesday night, but he did Wednesday night. So God gave him this analogy, pulls, pours the salt in the bags in a drug rehab program. He's all excited about this message. He's got his Walmart sack full of little baggies of white salt. And it was a great message talking about being together it's like trying he was trying to get them to understand that once you make a covenant with God and you pour yourself into God you pour yourself back into that bag now now go pick out your salt and it was funny because the one of the new guys I'm assuming I'm assuming because I haven't heard all the stories about him I'm assuming he must have been a drug dealer because they thought it was funny of all the people that he picked to hand out the little bags of salt it was him and uh, you got guys over here not, you know, not really thinking about it. <laughs> Dealing for Jesus, right? Guys over here like, well, this feels like a <laughs> Like, I don't want to know what it feels like. <laughs> the point is, is we're going to pour this back into this other bag so we can talk about our covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. But he gives God, I mean, God gives him stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm over here like going... Here's my analogy, <laughs> you know, I've got stories, I've got life events, but everybody, God uses you differently, amen? So I, I, I went off a little rabbit trail, but I just want to tell you that God can use you if you're willing to be a vessel of honor and a vessel to be used. This morning, praise and worship, fill me up, fill me up, Lord. Put me wherever you want me to go. Wherever you go, Lord, I'll follow. Psalms 138.3. It says, as soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. This is David. We all know the story of David, right? Goes, chases after another woman's, another husband's woman. He should have been on the battlefield or he had never seen Bathsheba getting undressed and bathing. Has, his, has her husband killed on the front line. Tries to hide the fact that she's pregnant with his child. Sad story is that child didn't live. But God, because of David's heart, David just wanted to be right with God. He just, he just wanted to be right with God. He just wanted God to keep using him no matter how many times he messed up. But this scripture does point us back to our first scripture in Psalms 46. First one, that says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. David had gotten himself into some trouble. He is our refuge and our strength in times of trouble. Now power here, When we read about the scripture here, it says, excuse me, power. Power here does not refer to having a dynamic personality, but to the boldness that comes from confidence in the gospel, which leads me to point four. Our confidence is in his strength, or it should be. Because like I said, when you put your confidence in yourself, and you try to do this all on yourself, you will fail every time. I'm, I'm telling you, these guys that come into the Father's house, we watch them as they come in. We get to see what they, lo- what they look like, what their behaviors are like when they first come in the door. And then to see the transformation in the six months, which just, it still blows my mind away. It just, I, I, my mind, my physical mind cannot fathom the transformation a six month transformation that reminds me of what the word says that in the end times he'll do his work speedily because there's callings on these guys lives and so what breaks our heart is whenever they leave the program and they know they shouldn't go back to where they came from but they're so excited about ministering, sharing the gospel, and, and, they, and they really want to do that, but some of them, unfortunately, get dragged back into the lifestyle that they came out of and now are worse than they were when they started. Some guys come back through the program. We've had guys repeat the program. that graduated once, and they've hit a really bad spot in their life. Your confidence must be in his strength. And though we aren't promised an easy life, we are told that Christ will be there with us when we believe in him, that he won't give us more than we can handle with his help. And even our hard times can be used to glorify God. Your hard times, use them to glorify God. You have a testimony that can reach someone that I cannot reach. Each one of you in this place this morning, you have a testimony that can reach someone that I will never reach. I may never ever see or have contact with. And in 2 Corinthians verse 1, 8 8 through 11, it says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him and we will continue and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety, and you're helping us by praying for us. When those prayer requests go out, I hope, I sincerely hope, you take a moment out of your day to stop and pray for whoever's in need, because there's going to come a day when your name. And your request is going to come on the list. Praying for your pastors. Is the most important thing you can do every morning when you wake up. Praying that they're led by the Holy Spirit. Praying that God will make the provision for the vision to continue to go forward. I would ask my pastor this question this morning. Would you have ever thought in 17 years you would see a Bible college fulfilled. You wrote the vision. You prayed about the vision. But in those times that the enemy challenged you, when the numbers looked small, when things looked tight, there were times, I'm telling you, there were times the enemy come against you and attacked you and said, you'll never see it. You'll never live to see it. Why keep pressing it? Why keep... Why keep having these meetings every other Tuesday night? Are they really getting it? I believe, those are, I believe those are the attacks that have come against you and your wife. And I'm saying here today that the vision will go forward. God is on the move. He is on the move. When Sister Sheila was up here talking about revival, you can pray about revival all you want. if you aren't willing to make the sacrifice for revival, revival will never come. It will never come. You have to desire the things of the Lord and stop desiring the things of this world. I'm sure, because I was underneath the same attack sitting in these seats, it looks like a small crowd. But are you praying for the empty seats? Are you asking God to come and to fill people in this house who are hungry for him who don't know him. Because you can come to church every Sunday morning and you can get prayed for. But where are the lost souls? Because that's what it's really all about, is salvation. That's why God sent his only son to die, so that every person would be pulled out of the very thing Adam and Eve got us into in the first place. Sin. Sin. This separates us from our Heavenly Father. Are you helping us by praying for us? Paul wanted to know. He's writing, he's writing to the churches. Are you praying for us while we're in shackles? Are you praying for us when we are out and about in our lives? I mean, he's, he even said there was times he knew he could feel the mortal danger about him, but God rescued him. God pulled him out. He provides strength to endure during the rough times, and when we stand in the gap praying, he uses these prayers to bring our brothers and sisters the strength they need to endure. Pastor said it this morning, endure, to endure. Sheila said to endure. Those, I believe that this word is a timely message this morning. They don't know what I was preaching. They don't know what I was going to talk about. God does. God does. And I apologize, my voice is still recovering from camp meeting last week. So I normally don't drink bottles of water and I normally don't have a squeaky voice, but praise the Lord, I'm going to get through this. Amen. Philippians 4 12 and 13. For I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. We came from everything from Oklahoma City, and the Lord is showing us how to live on almost nothing. But he's our source. Amen? I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. Whether you're financially overflowing or whether you're financially stricken God has always provided God has always been there can we really do everything only when we are in union with Christ says right there I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength so if you want to answer that yeah but only when you're in Christ. As we contend for the faith, we will face troubles, pressures, and trials. What does God want you to do? What has God asked you to do? Step out in faith and do it. Trusting him for the strength that you're going to need. Stepping out and doing it. Not thinking about it, Yes, we pray about it. We, we're always talking to each other. Well, what do you feel like the Lord's telling us, telling you, where we're supposed to go? What we're we supposed to do about situations, guys? Sometimes I don't have the answer, and I just have to say, I don't know. I'm trusting in Him. I'm trusting that He'll open the door that needs to be open. I'm trusting that if He told me to wait and pray that's what I should be doing until the answer comes that's not always easy I waited 8 years I had women, ministers evangelists from the time we got married to the time that God gave us his name into our third year of marriage when we were coming home from revival service and God gave us Jacob Isaac as his name we thought we were pregnant wouldn't you? When God give us a name, we're pregnant nope the next revival service, the next church service, the next time an evangelist comes in. Prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. Confirming what God had already told us, but we hadn't seen it. And all the while, our strength is dwindling and our hope is fading. And one day you lay it all down and you say, Lord, I, I really believe you give us his name. And, Lord, I really believe that he has been called to the nations and he's not even here yet. And, Lord, I really believe that your promises are yes and amen. Lord, I'm, I'm struggling. I still feel it sometimes. And I believe it's because God allows me to feel those things that others feel. Maybe someone in here, you're believing for something. He'd been waiting a long time. I got to see God answer a 33-year prayer four months before my father passed away. Now I know where my father is. Now I know there's a day coming that I get to celebrate and I get to rejoice with with my father in heaven at the feet of Jesus. Don't stop believing. Don't lose hope. Put your strength, put your hope, put your trust in God. And my last point, strength in Christ our Lord and Savior. Your strength must be in Christ our Lord and Savior. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 and 11 says, In his kindness God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, He will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Hebrews 4, chapter 16. (laughs) It's okay. <laughs> oh, there it is. Hebrews 4, chapter 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Come boldly. I learned this. I used to be, I still kind of am. I was that emotional Christian who always had the victim card out when I went to the prayer line. feel sorry for me. feel bad for me. I'm going through a rough time. I've grown up since then. I've allowed the word of God to change me. I wasn't in the word of God back then like I am now. He says to come boldly. That means you have confidence. When you step up here, God is going to meet your need. God is going to answer what you've been believing for. Whether you see that answer tomorrow or whether you see that answer 33 years from now, come boldly. And oh man, when pastors would preach on salvation, the message of salvation, I always wondered, the enemy always lied to me when I would come up because I was standing in the gap for my family. I I was saved. I didn't need to be saved. I needed my family to be saved. And I would come boldly and I would stand in the gap and I would weep and I would cry because I didn't want them to ever experience eternal life separated from the God that I had come to know and and love. Can I tell you that in the answer that we got in 33 years, that God answered even more in that one week of time, my father got, rededicated his life. My father had been saved previously, but in his baby Christian years, the church had heard him. We've been there. Churches have hurt us. And he allowed that to keep him separated from a loving God. And whenever he rededicated his life, I, it's amazing the transformation you see on people in their language, in their tone in their whole demeanor. This man was suffering in his physical body from bone cancer. And every time I turned around, he had a smile on his face. Because he knew if something happened, he was secure. He had an eternal promise that he was going to live forever, that he wasn't going to suffer any longer in this mortal body. And I watched... My oldest brother, who ran from God from the age of 16, had been on mission trips with my grandfather and had been serving, and again, the church had hurt him. See, kind of generational curses tend to attach themselves without us ever knowing. I was the only one of my children, of the children in my household, who was serving God. I was the only one who ever pursued God. And as I watched my father close his eyes and breathe his last breath, I watched my brothers come to the salvation of Jesus Christ. That's the power of God. That's why it's required. That's why the strength of God, you have to have the strength of God. Because in death, life came out of death. My father is eternally serving and setting at the feet of Jesus right now. And my brothers, I love it. My brothers will call us when they don't have a they don't have an answer. That they're they're dealing with something and they don't know where to find it in the scripture. And they need scripture to help them get through it. And they're reading the scripture and they're and they're studying and they're doing they're doing devotions and I and I, I'm just I'm guys I'm still just standing back in awe of what God did in one moment of what looked like forever, I don't know how to describe the word. Just we thought my dad, we had a report, he was 98% gonna live, he was gonna give, he was gonna get out of this. But he didn't. And I'm okay with that. Because as my uncle tells a story. This is where you have strength to draw from. My uncle, who is my dad's best friend for many, many years, saw my dad go through what he went through. My uncle, a believing, faith-filled man of God, would minister to my dad as much as he could. And a couple of days before my father passed, my uncle had been in the room. Now, my dad had been hallucinating to the point where they were having to restrain him because his kidneys weren't working. And my Uncle Bill said it was the most peaceful thing he'd ever seen. And he said, all of a sudden, my dad woke up and he said, Bill! Bill! Do you see them? Bill's like, okay. He's hallucinating. No, Les. No, I, I don't see them. He goes, you don't see those angels? He said, they're preparing a place in heaven for me In the moments of my father's passing, he got to see a glimpse of heaven. And I'm jealous. He got to see the very angels, the very promise that God says. He says he'll go and prepare a place for us. Amen? Be confident he has the power to do all you ask that is in his perfect will for your life because he owns all the treasures in heaven and earth. Put your strength in him. Put your hope in him. Let him be your strength during the hard times. And I promise you, if you're putting your full trust in him, you're going to watch him unfold the most beautiful story of your life you've ever known, even during the hard times. Amen. Everybody will close their eyes. Sheila, if you'll come. Father, I thank you for this message, Father. Lord, I'm so grateful for all the times, Lord, that you've provided the strength that was needed to get me through. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you continually woo us and draw us in to the things that you want for us. Lord, I just come before you this morning. Lord, I don't don't want the stories to fall as a sad story, Father, but a story of victory. Victory in Jesus is mine, is ours. And Lord, I just come before you this morning, and Lord, I just ask for this body of believers, Lord, in the house of restoration. Lord, for those who are watching by camera, Lord, I just ask that if there's anyone in here this morning that's dealing, that's going through a rough time and going through a rough patch and their faith is wavering, Lord, one minute they want to serve you and the next minute, Lord, they're done with you. They don't understand what you're doing because they can't see with their eyes and they can't hear with their ears. That, Lord, that the faith of God would rise up inside of them this morning and they would come boldly to the throne room of God, making all their requests known. I thank you, Lord, that you answer prayers that you're faithful to your children to provide the strength that we need when we're putting our trust and our hope in you. Thank you, Jesus. I just ask that Sheila plays this if you need prayer, if you need encouragement, we're here to pray for you, stand in the gap with you, and to speak over your life, whatever it is you're need of this morning. He says, come, let him be your strength. Let him be the power, source, to provide all. He has it all, all treasures in heaven and earth. He knows, he knows millionaires right now that'll provide the provision that you need if you need a financial breakthrough. He knows where they're at. If you need healing in your body, I believe that he can supernaturally, just like he did for my husband, reach down and touch your body. And heal you. You may not see the results for a few days or a few months later, but you know that you know that you know that you serve a healing God.
3: trust him at all times he- DREAM!
0: The Lord praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Strength for the hard times. Amen. Hallelujah. God is faithful, is He not? Even in the times of affliction and the times of trials and all the things that the enemy's throwing at us. Amen. We are going to persevere. We're going to overcome, aren't we? Praise God. Praise God. Paul, as she so eloquently described man he went through some things didn't he you look at his credentials there in second corinthians all the things that the enemy tried to take him out but god amen but god hallelujah praise the lord just uh are still praying here but she leaves october the 7th is that correct and gone 10
1: days She's going to be gone 10 days. Um, they fly out. She flies out of Little Rock, I hope. <laughs> Anyways, they fly out. She flies over there. Then they meet up. They fly. She's going to be flying for over 36 hours. Uh, p- please pray. Please pray for her in that, in that time. Um, the um, I was listening on the Zoom call yesterday because we were driving here. Uh, there's 17 people going. Uh, several people there that are going don't have quite have the money yet but we're believing that God's going to miraculously heal them and be able to the provide finances. their finances uh, Golda, I, I, if please forgive me if I'm wrong but she told me she's like $1,100 short, we're believing God that she's going to make that right, I mm-hmm. mean we're trusting mm-hmm. the Lord when she went to uh, India, which, India. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry when she went to India the first time, uh, got abundantly above what we needed, and she was able. We asked Pastor. We said, Pastor, what do we do? I mean, people just kept giving at the end. And when Pastor said, Well, whatever God gives you to do in your heart, she went over there with some extra cash and didn't know what to do. When she was over there, yeah. Lord showed her what to do was to yeah. give that money, your money, the church's money, the people that sewed into that ministry. For a generator for those for the orphanage and they have the generator they use it all the time and those kids can be able to the kids and adults and, and the gospels goes through because of that abundance right and people gave out of their heart for that right there it's such an awesome thing to see god work and got the use we we got to see um last time i and I tell you I wasn't my faith wasn't there last time at all. I was like, How are we gonna afford this? <laughs> you know. But He did it. God did a, a miracle work last time and, and got to plan a church. I think you planned another one too, since yeah, we yeah. got another one planted too. Yes. So um, it, it's awesome to see God's work in those kids and the in the adults life. That's it's it's just awesome. So
0: Life changing, amen. Wow. Wow. I just wanna I just felt led to I know I've uh, been on some mission trips in my life, and I know it, it taxes you in so many ways, physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially. How I many will join with me and from October 7th through the 17th? Be much in prayer for Golda, and uh, maybe even fast a day for, for great reason. I mean, that's, that's where the power comes. And, and, of course, we know last week we started the series on prayer, you know, the prayer of agreement, the prayer of binding and loosening. The prayer of fasting. And I know many of you uh join me. I've talked with spoken with some of you. You joined me in fasting this past Monday. And I just believe we're in that season in this in this church. If we want to see the power, you know, I want church I want people to come to church to feel and see the power of God. And there's been people healed here today, right here on this holy ground. Amen. And that's what it's gonna take, I believe, to break through amen, to, to victory and greater power in our lives. So we're going to be praying, we're going to believe in, and also praying for these other people to get their finances. And if you were not here when we took an offering earlier, or maybe you were here and you already gave, but the Lord wants you to give something else, just lay it right there on that ledge back there by Brother John as you, you leave. Praise God. Man, this is, this is powerful, isn't it? Amen. Let's stand together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for a willing heart. Lord, in Golda, Father God, an anointed vessel in your kingdom work. Lord, in these end days, God, you are using her, Lord, as she travels to Africa. Lord, God, to minister, Lord, I pray for a hedge of protection around her. I pray for a harvest souls, Lord, and healings and miracles, Lord. You've used her to minister even in uh, to, to women that are unable to have children, Lord God. You've used her several times in that gifting, Lord. So just let the gifts that she needs, Lord, and the power of the Holy Spirit be upon her as she treads on a new continent, Lord, and, and, and is walking even. Uh, Lord, I just see her walking among the villages, Lord, and just a, the glory of God on her countenance, Lord, that they will be drawn to her or they will welcome and receive what, what you have put in her spirit for them. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Give him praise, church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Believing for great and mighty things. Amen. Praise God. Lisa? You, oh, okay. Okay. God bless you.